here. I hear a lot of talking. Thank you. I feel like I was telling this to the, the William Mary students. I feel like, you know, we had a break. CoFOAM was here. Um, and I heard a lot of cool stories about people volunteering at that. But I feel like this was like the first time, you know, everyone is back, some of your leaders and everything. And I'm just super stoked about that. I also want to acknowledge this. I've talked to a few. I feel like two weeks ago, we had fruit as a snack. And I feel like I got a lot of, I, I, heard a, I heard a lot of mixed opinions about that. So I feel like hopefully, hopefully cereal, you know, palated your, your craving for artificial flavors. I don't know. Also, I heard a lot, I, I know high schoolers, like some of you guys went to Disneyland. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I thought that it was pretty cool. I tried to remember back to when I was in high school, and I don't remember going to Disneyland, but that is pretty cool. I know, I heard Logan Grimes got a lightsaber, so respect Logan Grimes. That's one of the, one of the things that I've wanted for a long time, so I am envious of you collecting a lightsaber. Um, well, you know, it's, it's, it's harder than that. You know, you want to build it. You've got to build your lightsaber. Nonetheless, you're getting me off topic. Tonight, we are walking through the second part of this opening series, Under Construction. And what I love about this con the concept of this series is typically when something is under construction, it means it needs to be fixed, built, boys, redone, strengthened, and renewed. And during this series, we have this unique opportunity to fix, build, redo, strengthen, and renew things that may be wrong or you know, bad or not right in our spiritual lives and our physical lives. And so tonight I'm going to be walking through what it looks like to guard our hearts from bad habits. And so with that, we're going to be walking through a passage of Proverbs. Proverbs is written by King, most of it was written by King Solomon, who, if you don't know, was the wisest man on earth. God had given him wisdom when, when he asked Solomon. And so in that, Sol, uh, Proverbs is full of a lot of wisdom, a lot of things. And so we're going to be walking through Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. And so I'll have it on the screen. I broke it up because of the text and stuff into parts. And I'll just read through it. And then we'll get into what I'm trying to say tonight. So Proverbs 4, 20 through 27 starts. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For there are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, from, for it flow the springs of life. Put away your crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. And let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And so the first part, and we're going to break down verses 20 through 23, um, is what I would consider guarding your gifts. And so what I think is so interesting, interesting about what God is trying to say through Solomon is that we have these gifts that God has given us, gifts that grant eternal life to not only us, if we believe them and, and truly receive them, but to others around them when we talk about God. But not only did God give us this greatest, the greatest gift of all of eternal life, he also gave us a lot of other gifts. And so, as I was trying to piece together all these gifts that God was kind of speaking to me, I feel like the best encapsulation of these gifts, and I'm sad I didn't put a picture on the screen, was I think of these, this, this amount of gifts, and I'll walk through them, as like an edible arrangement basket. You know, there's like a big centerpiece fruit, and then there's a lot of like other medium-sized and other assorted fruits, or like an Easter basket. You know, you have that one big gift in those baskets, and then a lot of little chocolates. Maybe it's the big chocolate Easter bunny in the inside. But I could, would consider these gifts that God gave us as, as these these baskets. 
And so in that, I'm going to walk through these baskets that, and, and, and talk about what Solomon was trying to tell us. And I think the first one he was telling us about is the Holy Spirit inside us. Uh, I think that is such an incredible gift that I think a lot of times we don't even realize we have. Um, maybe it's a gift that, you know, we don't think about. But I think what comes with the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. And I think of my life, I think I use a lot of the fruit of the Spirit more than I would actually expect or think about. You know, self-control is one that I think a lot of you maybe use a lot. Hopefully you use a lot. And that is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy, peace, patience, and the list goes on and on. I think those are, those are gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, um, that God has given us this Holy Spirit. The second gift that God has given us, uh, and we read that in verse 20, is the Bible. See, it says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. See, God gives us the Bible. And what I love about the Bible is it's full of just these biblical truths, these principles, these scriptural guidances, you know, when we, we don't understand what God is trying to say, but I also love it because I think it, what the Bible brings is a relationship with Christ, a conversation with Christ that typically you wouldn't find if you're not reading his word and his truths. And I, that's what I just love about that gift. The, the third gift that I think God has given us is Jesus. He literally gave us his only son to die for our sins. And what, what came with that was forgiveness of all our sins and grace and unconditional love. And lastly, one gift that I feel like God has given us. And of course, there are many other gifts. I, I, if you're thinking, oh, I, I, God has given us this, I was trying to brush over the, the four main gifts that I feel like God has given us. And, and I think the last one that I feel like God gives us that maybe a lot of us brush over, or maybe you don't even truly know, is personal gifts. See, what I love about God is he doesn't make a bunch of cookie-cutter people. I know there's like some houses maybe in your neighborhood or neighborhoods you live in that, you know, there's the same house, the same color, and it's just like stamped down, and you're like, oh my gosh, literally this house is the exact same. Maybe you guys live in those houses. They seem like good houses, but we are not cookie-cutter people. God has created us as like unique beings in his image, um, all completely different with gifts and personalities. And I think some examples, maybe they apply to you, maybe they don't. Um, I'm going to list them. Uh, are, are really cool. And so for me, I know some people, you know, talking about Disneyland and band and, and music, I think some people are gravitated towards music as a place that can be comforting and exciting. I love music. I always feel like I hear God the most in spiritual worship. There's different facets of, of worship, but I always feel like I hear God the most when I'm worshiping God through music. And no, although I don't have musical bones in my body and I have no sense of tempo, I find that I, meet, I see God... Um, the most in music, and I think that's a gift. Um, some of you may feel like you have an uncontrollable sense of energy. I also connect and, and envy with that, and at times that can feel like a negative thing, but I think I see it as an incredible gift to, to bring light and excitement to realities that maybe aren't as exciting, aren't as fun. Or maybe you have a big heart, and that means you love big, but that also means you get hurt big. But what I love about that, uh, that incredible opportunity, that gift that God has given us, is that the people with the big hearts also love the people that maybe not feel loved or maybe don't feel loved often and uh, see, see opportunities to love others more. And so I think that's another gift, having a big heart. And so I love, what I love is verse 23 also says this. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, from f for from it flow the springs of life. See, vigilance, this is like this action, or the definition of vigilance is this. It's the action or state of keeping careful watch for possible danger or difficulties. What Solomon is trying to say is we need to be weary of these situations and, and be more 
perceptive to other realities that can come creep in our heart and, and make it harder to distinguish these gifts that God has given us and our own materialistic cravings. Which now leads us to the second part of this passage, what I call, what I call total self-awareness. See, in order to get there, we need to guard our hearts. It takes total self-awareness. And so Proverbs 4, 24 through 25 says, Put away your crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. We must be self-aware of the things we, we say alone or playing video games or with our peers and in public. I always tell us, I tell our leaders a lot and remind myself a lot is that the things we say, uh, a lot of people pick up on. So we need to be wary about the things we say. We read that in verse 23. Put away your crooked speech. And so in that, I think this also applies to you all. Not only do I tell our leaders this, but I think it applies to you all. I tell our leaders, you guys pick up on a lot of things. And so I think in that, you guys, if you were to say certain things, your friends and your other, your peers, can also hear those things. And I think that, that what happens is they create these bad habits, regardless of if it's alone or with video games and or in any situation, what it does is it creates these bad habits. Maybe it is cursing. Maybe it is other situations that these, these, we, let these, we let our guard down and we let these, these bad habits into our lives. And so I was reading an article and it was trying to talk about how when we want certain situations uh, or, or we do certain actions, we typically can point them out more. And what happens is when they're negative, it becomes muscle memory. I always think the best example of this is whenever I play like punch buggy, I feel like I see like a million punch buggies, but when I'm typically driving or walking around, I never see punch buggies. Or it's like, oh, that's a punch buggy. But I, I feel like when I'm playing that game, when we're like thinking about it, uh, we're putting it, we're letting our guard down, we're thinking about it and trying to play that, we see those things and, and they can be negative things. And so, like I said, as we read verse 23, Solomon warns us of this, that we need to be totally self-aware of the things we watch and say. Because when we do that, we allow it into our heart and it creates a bad habit. Life is full of distractions. I feel like I said it every week because it's such a truth. And temporary satisfactions that without total self-awareness and vigilance, we can let them creep into our hearts. I have been, for the past couple weeks, I barked on this journey with my counselor on how to have better self-talk and positivity throughout all facets of life. And because, like many, my bad habits led me to a low and sad place. These habits we let in our heart when we let our guard down promise satisfaction but ultimately bring us emptiness. And so as I walked with my counselor and he helped me and gave me tools to rework this negativity that I had, had crept in my life and allowed this anger and this frustration to, to build in, in certain places in my life that became this muscle memory, this instinct, um, it was hard at and so in that, I, I, like I said, I let these, this anger and emotions, and, and it became a subconscious nature for me. And so I had to learn. I had to, I had to acknowledge these bad habits in my heart and in my life. And I had to find the tools to, to, to fix those things. And so breaking free of bad habits takes total self-awareness. And this leads us to the last part of this passage. And it's called patience within your path. And so verses 26 through 27 say this. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Solomon talks about pondering your path, which means weighing your path patiently and carefully, thinking about what it means to change your life. See, I'm such an impulsive and impatient person, so this is hard for me. But I always think that the literal, like, this is, sorry. 
I always look, think of this, think this analogy. So when I think about literal construction, I'd want them to take the time, maybe it's a bridge, say it's a bridge. We talked about it, Nick was talking about them constructing a bridge. I'd want them to take the time to build that bridge so when I drive over it, I'm not worried about it falling over or crashing. Or certain situations in our life, you know, they're building a building and if I'm gonna live in it, I want them to really make sure that the house is sturdy and set up to code. But what I think is funny is I never questioned the time it takes for the physical, but when it comes to the spiritual, I feel like when I, when I hear that it takes time and practice to work on my own bad habits, I am in, impatient and I just want to, to, to beat them. I don't want to have to sit there and work through them. And I think that is an interesting concept that with the physical, we're so willing to give the, the weight. Um, but for the spiritual and the bad habits, we are impatient and wanting the changes fast. And so I said that to my counselor. I confessed my frustrations and said how long it feels like to take and work on my self-talk, wishing it was instant. And he said to me, it takes practice, 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 a little bit more practice, practice on the side, practice sprinkled in. And I was just distraught by that answer. But it's such a truth. In, in order for us to break these bad habits, we have to believe in the gifts that God has given us. And we have to trust that there is, a, there, there is good behind it. Because these bad habits are hard to break. And so lastly, we read verse 27, and it says, Do not swerve to the right or to the left, Turn your foot away from evil. And what Solomon is saying here is to, to not be discouraged and revert into the bad habits that we've allowed into our heart. It's much easier to do that. It's much easier to lean back because they become muscle memory. But what he's telling you to do is he's to trust in God and believe in his truths and the gifts because that's when fruitfulness grows and the goodness of God comes. When we let go of those habits and lean on God's gifts for us and his, the, that he graciously given us. We need to remind ourselves of the gifts that we've been given and turn away from those other realities that we've allowed into our hearts. Guarding our hearts takes believing in the gifts that, that we've been given and breaking away from the bad habits we've been living. Guarding our hearts takes believing in the gifts we've been given and breaking away from the bad habits that we've been living. This week, I have, this is it basically, but I, I want to challenge you guys this week. Uh, and I want to preface that this is not something that you're doing alone. I think I love this this. This night, because I think we have this cool opportunity for 6th to 12th graders to come in one room and to have fun and laugh, but to learn about God and learn about each other and be this one incredible church community. And so what I want you to do is I want you to think and pick out one bad habit in your life and acknowledge it first. I think acknowledging is hard. A lot of times with bad habits, you kind of deny it or you don't think about it. I want you to acknowledge it first, but then I want you to practice not following that habit. And you don't have to do this alone. You have small groups. You have a community. You have Nick, me, Amanda, and all of your other leaders that are willing to walk with you through this challenge. It takes maturity and practice and practice and more practice. But I think you guys are all capable of doing such. We're in this together, and I'm so grateful for that. And so that's all I have for you guys tonight. It wasn't too long. I'm going to pray us out real quick, and then we can head to small groups. Heavenly Father, Lord, again, I just continually thank you for... Uh, this, this group of students, Lord, that are here consistently willing to learn, to, to, to hear your word, Lord, and to speak it and acknowledge it into their own lives. Lord, I pray that this, tonight, that in small groups, that they could be fruitful, they could be full of vulnerability and learning your truths, Lord. I, Lord, that I, Lord, I ask that you also acknowledge their gifts to them, Lord, if they don't feel like they are called to any of those, Lord. I just ask that you open their eyes and their ears and their hearts to your truths and align them with you. And Lord, I just thank you for everything you've done in our life. Lord, I thank you for the snow this morning 
and just the, the cereal on the back and the, play, the fact that we even have a building to do this, Lord. And I pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen.